welcome to the Stock Odds Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Noble. Our listeners know that trading is challenging. They want ideas. They want to know when and how to hedge. They want to increase performance and lower risk at the same time. We answer those requests by focusing on the odds of the trading game. Operate like the casino, not the uninformed player. Trade with a positive expectation and insulate yourself from those blind sides the market wax traders with. We're here with Chris Dolok, PhD. He's a director and advisor with Stock Odds. He is an accomplished quantitative and computational scientist, team and platform builder, and currently teaches at the University of Chicago Financial Mathematics Department, case studies in computer for finance. Chris has been the chief technology officer of Terra Nova Financial, the head of valuation infrastructure at the Chicago Trading Company, and the founder and principal of Quantrust Research Limited. I'm here with my co-host, Rob Friesen. Hey, Chris, uh, welcome to our uh podcast interview with traders and we really want to hear your story i consider meeting you last year in may one of the highlights of my year i i can honestly say that it's uh it's just been an amazing um experience to get to know you read your book and uh and just interact and and uh, pick your brain about things so um so what first attracted you to the stock market first of all thank you so much for having me you are way too kind rob um so uh, it was a pleasure for me as well uh, to have met you a year ago in Chicago uh, at the trading show. Uh, and I'm very excited to be on board uh, with stock odds. Um, um, my attraction to stock market. <laughs> it, it, it's a very interesting story. I was, um, I was prepared to work on a very different field of endeavor. Uh, I, I grew up uh, and I was educated as a physicist, as a nuclear physicist. And, uh, I would say by the luck of draw of the draw, I, I ended up working actually in Wall Street uh, for more than two decades. Um, actually, thinking back, uh, I believe that what was really attractive to me was the novelty of the field, um, was the um, ability to uh, use problem-solving skills that I have acquired during my decade or so of working in research, scientific research. Um, hmm. And it was mainly, you know, a combination of uh, quantitative math skills and programming skills that I believe at that point, and this was more than 20 years ago, that could be very instrumental to be successful uh, in a trading environment. Uh, and last but not least, to tell you frankly, it's uh, I was always very, very thirsty for uh, competing, uh, oh. trying to study whatever I could do. So that was probably very, very important too. Well, it's trading certainly an individual sport. So welcome to the game. Um, do you think, do you think that's what prepared you for your first trade or can you think of uh, anything else? You know, the first trade didn't come uh, so uh, early in the game. I mean, I started working in this field in uh, 1999, um, mainly as a programmer, as a quantitative analyst and, uh, as part of my daily um, uh, job was to assist traders, um, you know, our clients, our customers, uh, and I was shadowing. I, I did a lot of shadowing with traders, and uh, I realized that this is a very, very exciting field of work. And um, by being able to understand what they needed from me, by being able to provide them with the tools that uh, they had a need of, uh, sort of prepare me to kind of get 
get into their shoes and get into their skin and try to understand what they wanted to do. So uh, I think the first time I traded was in 2004, so it was like five years into my career in finance. I was working for a hedge fund here in the Chicago suburbs, and I was working with one of the traders. He uh, came up with a trading idea to me. I implemented it, and uh, then he suggested to uh, sort of share into the profits, and this is how I started my first trading endeavor. Oh, fascinating. What other aspects of education and the various occupations that you've had um, that kind of give you this underlying, you know, uh, knowledge for, for this industry, right? Because it's it's certainly not for everybody and you've been in this industry now for a long time. Yeah, I believe that, um, see, uh, if you look back 25 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, uh, most, most of the traders uh, actually had... Um, um, we're not really uh, very um, astute when it comes to, uh, you know, the quantitative side of it, the programming side of it. It was just an innate ability um, to deal with the markets, to kind of uh, have some sort of probabilistic mind, try to kind of guess an outcome of something that was not really visible to everyone. Uh, but I guess I was part of this generation of quantitative trading or traders that started 20 years ago. Again, people coming from a very different background, uh, mostly coming from uh, hard sciences, that brought a new way of looking at the same problem, uh, tools that were not really available or uh, widely available to, to traders. So. Um, Bringing those tools uh, within uh, this world of finance and trading um, was really helping people that didn't really have that innate or probabilistic mining and guessing and 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 um, sort of democratized in a way a field that was uh, you know quite narrow uh, I would say uh, so. Uh, I believe people like me coming from this kind of hard sciences, math and physics and computer science uh, are probably more numerous today uh, in this area than, you know, the usual MBA type, you know, the person that you know, has more of this, um, I would say, uh, you know, business mindset. Uh, trading nowadays, and it's been a while, it's been more than a decade, uh, it became really a technology game and right. bringing more and more of this type of uh, quant programming mindset, uh, it helps just because we have to deal with so much information, with so much data nowadays. Right. Uh, you know, the ability to automate those tasks and not trade just one name, but maybe uh, survey uh, maybe hundreds of names and trade in tens of them, uh, it's something that doesn't come that easy and could not be made possible unless you have some sort of underlying technology background. Right. So you, you're mentioning these factors. This is this is very relevant to why you you know would have found some success in this endeavor. Is there anything else outside of just the straight analytical skills, you know, data science, mathematics, quantitative abilities? Um, anything else you can attribute success comes from? You know, I mean, what I'm saying, you know, mathematical background and computer science are all tools, right? You know, right. It, it, okay. on top of that. You also have to have something innate, which is this, um, you know, not just ability, but thirst to be able to solve problems, you know, to not be afraid of new situations, to be able, the ability to adapt to new situations, you know, this kind of ability, uh, it is, uh, could be formed, could be educated, 
but I still believe that there is a, a big portion of uh, uh, this is a talent that has to be sort of inherited or sort of present within you to be able to attract you to this field. So again, it's a combination of tools and this tool could be math, could be computer science, could be statistics, could be things that you could acquire along the way. But also there is something else that is not as tangible uh, and may not be, um, um, you know, uh, the outcome of some sort of educational process that people have to have in them. And again, it's the, it's the role of the people that are doing selection either training manager, risk managers, whoever is in charge with selecting this kind of uh, talent to really pinpoint whether this is present or not within the individual that we are supposed to uh, recruit and educate in this area. Right. So these these traders seem to be in the in these particular areas a lot more advanced than, than say, traders of the past, which probably had a lot more discretion instead of, you know, empirical quantitatively tested uh, data um, but what derails these advanced traders like what factors contribute to people not being successful in, in your view you know looking back at my career uh, and not necessarily in trading but in everything I have done both in technology and in education um, I, th I think there, there are three very important elements that you know contribute to the success of everything we try to do in life number one is vision you know what would we envision for ourselves to be our path, right? So have a, have a feel of, you know, the idea of looking forward like five to 10 years into the future. Do I have a vision? Do I know what path to choose and why is we're taking this one versus the other one? So vision is number one. Number two is the discipline to follow a program, to follow a set of rules, to follow something that was proven to be successful for other individuals. And number three is the patience. You know, sometimes you hit, hit right patches, whether in trading or in life in general, and the ability to uh, to go over that hump and just lower your head and push forward is something that makes a difference between you know being success, successful versus yeah. not. Perseverance for sure. I mean, because you know, and the other thing is is to the mindset to be able to deal with the inherent standard deviation that comes along, you know, where, where you're doing the right thing, but you're not getting the right results. Um, this is really, it takes a lot of uh, mental strength, even with advanced, you know, sort of algorithmic traders now, because the algos don't always persist in, in, in their ability to perform, right? Or what happens when the regime changes, because we've, we've had a, a massive, you know, global event like recently yeah so it comes down again to this ability to adjust uh you know uh, never expect things to last forever you know we we have to be uh i i read about two years ago a very very interesting book written by uh someone that was teaching computer science uh, at harvard um, a very well known uh, researcher in the field of artificial intelligence that basically spent most of his career in trying to understand the parallel between the biological world, biological, how biological entity works mm -hmm. versus how computer science uh, uh, computer systems are uh, developed and supposed to work. And the whole thing was around built around adaptation. How well do we adapt to the environment around us? And what's what what does it mean from like a computer science perspective? You know? Computers are a lot less equipped than the human brain to deal with complexity and changing environment. 
but they deal that through the data. If we have the ability of having access to a lot of data that could cover a variety of what we call regimes, then our algorithms that we, base, we build based on this data will be able to adjust in a way that were a very similar way that the human brain or the human entity or a biological entity does. So um, I, I believe that there is such a powerful uh, idea to compare the way that we human operated for like literally millions of years versus how we try to emulate that ability within other computer. Computers are more recent, right? They, they've been around for, I would say 150 years, but you know, in the kind of current form we know it, it's more, more, more like 70 years. Right. Uh, we are still far, a far cry away from operating like humans operate, but this is kind of the goal to be able to adapt and adjust. adjust. And uh, when we find a good strategy, we, the first thing we should think about it is that how long this is going to fit well the current reality of the world that I'm operating within, right? This is never going to last forever. That's why it's always good to have a variety of strategies available to create a system where actually I can use concurrently a multitude of strategies and use some sort of voting system. We call it in machine learning, a system more like on an ensemble learning where multiple strategies could be put at use to solve the same problem, to address the same the same markets, for example. And uh, once we have more actors, more agents, uh, trying to come up with a solution to the same problem, when one of them doesn't guess as well as it used to, the other one may compensate for that. So the, the diverse, the, you know, the, having a diverse portfolio of strategies, right. having access to a variety of data, which is nothing else but giving us more access to the environment, to the surrounding world, to be able to capture whatever is coming from it. It's mm -hmm. gonna help us to do a, a more seamless transition between what uh, you know you mentioned as the, the current environment versus the previous uh, one. Right. Well, you know, on the on the education side, there seems to be an abundance of, of noise. I mean, lots of lots of educators, lots of stock market teachings and things like this. From your perspective, is there a lack of education in this trading community? Yes, uh, I believe that, you know, it, it really comes down to defining what really education is, right? I mean, is education meant to be a transactional business? Is this educational business at all? You know, that's a question. Should education be a business? Should, should be, the, be the, the goal of educating someone, uh, uh, you know, having as many uh, disciples as possible just because you want to uh, increase your bottom line or should be the outcome of the educational process, meaning making those uh, students of yours successful in the future. Uh, and this is actually where we show, we fall short. Uh, and I'm, I, I have the experience of teaching at the, one of the most prestigious universities in the world, the University of Chicago, in the financial mathematics program. Uh, in my opinion, unfortunately, this is becoming more and more like a transactional business where one side wants to have as many students as possible. The other side wants to get as easy as possible a diploma. And, and uh, this is a lose-lose game for both sides just because the ultimate consumer of this uh, process, education, is actually the business that is going to hire those, you know, uh, quantitative traders, quantitative analysts, risk managers, and so on and so forth. 
there is less and less inclination, and I've been on that side of the fence for 20 years. I, I interview hundreds of people and hired many of them. Uh, the inclination is not to look at the diploma, uh, but is to test how those candidates are able to solve a specific problem. So now the choice is, am I going to go uh, and pay $100,000 for a diploma from a very prestigious university and then brag around saying, hey, I'm graduated from this program, therefore you have to hire me, or should I actually concentrate and hitting as many conferences as possible, talking to as many people as I can, um, looking at blogs, communicating with people to kind of really have a feel of what the most important problems at hand are and how can I solve them. And this is actually where I believe in general, the higher education system falls and in, you know, even if we go to corporate training and so on and so forth, we should not consider education as a transactional business, but as a way to transmit information and knowledge to the people that need to get to a certain level to be able to cope with their, you know, new jobs. Is it, is it a deviation in the sense that, you know, the focus has become more on rote learning rather than on hands-on mentorship in a sense that you're really imparting something to somebody, you're, you're helping them change the way they think? Yes, I truly believe that. And I'll give you an example. Uh, do you believe that it's easier to solve very well two or three problems or to solve uh, reasonably well 100 problems. You know, that's kind of that's kind of a conundrum, you know. If we teach people uh, 25 courses during a program that lasts for nine months uh, and at the end of the day they will forget that very, very quickly after the final exams versus giving them two or three very good, solid, well-known problems and ask them to work in collaboration with the instructors and their colleagues, with the firms that they're eventually doing internships for, I think the latter one is a lot more powerful and is going to have a much more lasting impact on the way those guys get prepared for, you know, for their next, uh, for their next assignment. Well, you've tried to, you know, present some real interesting discussions in some of your books. Can you describe uh, one of your most recent books? Uh, yes, actually, I, uh, I spent uh, 2019 mostly uh, on working and uh, putting together uh, some material that I had uh, created in the last, I don't know, decade or so. Uh, initially, the goal was to, uh, so I wrote a book uh, that was published by Wiley in New York, a very prestigious uh, publishing house. Um, on applications of, comp like it's called the title is Application of Computational Intelligence in Data-Driven Training. The initial goal for the book was to uh, provide our students from our program uh, with a much wider view of what's expected from them when they get into the real world, right? Uh, everyone, you know, is in love with this idea of AI and machine learning and data-driven this, data-driven that. But we, we definitely have very, we spend very little time with our students in teaching them really basic things about what those terms really mean, right? Is this really like a magic potion that you just have and want the next day you'll, you become 20 years younger and you'll be able to do some that? No, it's not that. It's just a way to address a problem. It's like, it's like a set of rules that you have to abide by when you solve a problem. And uh, initially, the goal for the book was to be very didactical in nature and, you know, try to be very pedagogical and try to educate our students how to do different things. And then, once I started getting into um, talking to my editor, uh, the, the idea was to actually enlarge a little bit the audience and also address 
like people that are already working as traders, quantitative traders, analysts, and so on and so forth in a field that they not be necessarily educated on. Uh, and uh, this idea of combining problem-solving skills with tools available, it's something that uh, uh, I was thinking for a very, very long time. And uh, all, the, all the content, all the materials that I ever uh, developed for either teaching at a university level or in, corporate, in a corporate training ses uh, setting was guided about, uh, around this principle of the ability to solve problems. How do you develop it? How do you enrich it by learning new tools? And nowadays, you know, you hear more and more traders and people that are learning, able or willing to or eager to learn Python. Python is a great tool for, you know, accessing large amounts of data and to be able to, you know, extract information and knowledge from it to put it to good use in a, in a trading strategy. Uh, learn more about machine learning, try to figure out what is AI and how buzzy this word is and what's reality and what's not. So the separation between what's practical and what is not yet, um, it was kind of the behind or was the driver behind um, this this book uh, uh, that I've written. Uh, and besides the book, you know, there are a lot of articles I published a lot in, uh, in a Wilmot journal and, and some other journals. Um, it's it's very it's very very for me it's very interesting to um, get in touch with a specific group of people like traders in this case uh, and try to adapt technology and knowledge that usually was meant for people working in academia or advanced research to bring it to a level that is directly applicable and useful for people that don't really have to have uh, you know this high level of education but have the need for applying this kind of technology or tools to their problems. And actually the world of trading uh, is just ripe for that. Right. Well, I read it and I was I was really thrilled with it. And I think it has many applications um, across industries and, you know, teaching people how to think, you know, how to, how to solve problems is just spot on. So um, I endorse it wholeheartedly. Um, and I just wanted to know if you had any final thoughts for traders, you know, uh, people embarking on their journey, uh, people that are, you know, trying to uh, find profits in the market, maybe trying to adapt, uh, maybe the, what they were doing isn't working, um, or, you know, maybe uh, they just want to add on more strategies. Uh, any thoughts for these groups of uh, people? Yeah, this is a, a very, very packed problem. I mean, the question. Um, yeah, it is. It is. It is like. Um, it is like in life. You know, you have to be able to. First of all, trading is not for everyone. That is for sure. You know, if if people that want to get into trading, they want to get into trading because they want to get rich. That I think that's not the. I don't think that is the good driver, or the best driver, or the best you know uh, uh, motivation for. I think people that have um, a sense of you know enjoying novelty, uh, enjoying, uh, you know, uh, being competitive, uh, uh, even, even creativity. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, people that believe that they have, uh, a certain level of quantitative programming skills. This is really something new. As I said, it's probably coming into the last decade or so, and it's more and more prevalent into the world of trading. So the ability to use either the tools you have acquired during your education, uh, 
uh, was you know something new because everything you know nowadays uh, the the life cycle for any type of new technology that comes into the market is about two years. It used to be twenty. Two decades ago it used to be twenty years. So uh, some technology could be used for twenty years, and that thing decreased from twenty years to two and a half years. Uh, very lastly, uh, very soon you know we will have be in a cycle of continuous learning. So whatever we have acquired during our school, you know, education you know, versus what we going to continue to acquire through our lives has to be coupled with, we have to have our antennas up and try to always understand what is new, what is important, what is required from us and combine what we have learned, what we can learn with what is required from society, you know, and uh, I think trading is just an amazing place where people that have the spirit of creativity, competitivity, uh, people that uh, believe they have the right quantitative skills to compete, is always about solving a problem. And this is probably the most complex problem other than biology. And we are far away again from understanding how the human brain works and how really simple biological entity work. But other than that, this is probably the most complex problem there is because this is a herd problem, right? We are, when I are talking, I'm, I'm, I'm acting against the market or with, or, you know, my, my competitor is the market, right? I'm competing against the market. I'm competing against possibly millions of people. And this kind of social interaction networks and the kind of very complex things that happen when two, three, 10, a million people interact, this makes, makes a very, very difficult and complex problem to it. And the only way to get out of it is adaptation. And adaptation comes with, as I mentioned, with having a vision, having the discipline to implement that vision, and having the patience to go through the end of the process without, uh, you know, looking too much at the uh, sort of intraday PNL, but looking at really what my goal is. How long should I be in this trade? Have I been enough in this trade? Is it time to get out? Is it time to kind of add more to it? Uh, having this type of sense of goal and um, you know, the discipline to follow it, but especially the patience to go through all the pains, I think it's it's very important. Right, well said. Well, I really appreciate uh, your time here with us today. And uh, I think there's a great um, packed information in there for, for everybody and uh, a lot of good takeaways. So much appreciated and thank you for your time. And uh, we look forward to working together more in the future, so. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're welcome. Stock Odds is a stock market database and education platform. Visit stockodds.io for more information.